0: Welcome to the Mystical Truths Podcast. This is Rebecca, and I'm really glad you're here. Let's unlock your world. There are many great takeaways to near-death experiences, but I think that there's one that really is relevant to who we are as a people right now, what's unfolding for us. So we'll talk about that in a minute, but let's first recognize that near-death experiences are just that their near-death experiences, sort of like a temporary death. I don't think we can really say for sure what happens during a permanent death, or a better way to say that would be a transition from physical focus to non-physical focus. I don't think we can really say for sure exactly how that plays out for anybody, for each soul, but we have a little bit of interesting insight through near-death experiences. But I want to point out that there is a wide variety of different experiences that people report. To me, it's obvious that the circumstances of a near-death experience or an NDE are specifically tailored to that person, to what they relate to, what they expect on some level, what is best for them at that particular moment, sort of just what works for them, their situation, that particular experience. And we know that the incident is not a physical experience. It's not something caused by the body because the body is physically dead. The heart is flatlined. There's no EEG activity. So that means there's no brain or heart activity. And sometimes that's for way longer than what people thought would be medically possible for somebody to be physically dead and then return to that physical focus again. So these adventures that people have are not physical possibilities during that time. So let's first look at some common aspects that people report after a near-death experience. The main one being that it is an out-of-body experience. Some say that they hover over the body. They can tell us about details that happened during that time, or things that they just could not have seen from the position that the body was in during that near-death experience. All of the senses are heightened, and there's an intense positive sensation, like an immense love, a completely unconditional love, which means that love flows regardless of anything we've done, anything we've said, anywhere we've been, anybody we've Zoomed. It, it's that, that love is just pure love with no conditions. They also get in knowing that there really is no death. That's why we call it a transition. And they say that there's really no need for verbal communication. They can be verbal, but it's mainly thought transference, like what we call telepathy. And there's no judgment of even the thoughts that they have during that experience. If they're thinking something looks weird or they're having a thought that if we thought it out loud, we might be embarrassed. There's no judgment about that at all. And they get this sense of loving guidance and free will. So all of those are in pretty much some way or another in just about every death experience that I've heard. Now these ones that we'll talk about next can be or not be depending on the person and their, their NDE. So some report that there's a tunnel. I think most people have heard of, you know, go through the tunnel or bright lights, but not everybody has that. This is why, like I said, these experiences are specific to that individual and what set point they are at at that time. Some say that they saw mystical beings or loved ones who had passed, uh, religious figures, spiritual figures, otherworldly beings or unworldly beings. So there's a wide variety, if there is knowledge or the knowing that any other souls or any other beings are around. The environment or the concept of environment can vary greatly. From vast landscapes to outer space, a hell, some say there are buildings, gardens, a darkness that is indescribable but feels amazing, and many more. Most have a sense of no time, no space. Some have a life review, in which, in very quick time, our knowledge of time anyway, the real, almost, um, quick reliving of the life that they had here up to that point. And they say they don't just experience it from their perspective. They also have an awareness of the perspective of other individuals that they would have interacted with in those moments. So for example, if you held the door open for somebody and smiled, and it made them feel really good, you're going to feel that in that life review from both perspectives. Likewise, if you were very mean to somebody, you're going to feel how it made them feel in that moment as well. And none of it is punishment. It's not there again, there's no judgment. It's just information. It's just good to know. But not everybody has reports of a life review or a mini life review or anything like that. Often people get special or advanced knowledge that they may or may not retain when they come back. Some say, I know I had this knowledge, but I, I just don't know what it is. I don't remember it. So there, in, in that case, there's no point to remember it. But some do remember extra knowledge that they're, that they're given. And many return with an increased intuition or some special abilities like that. An increased zest for life is a big one. Or some mission now that they feel is important for them. Many say that they encounter like a boundary or a barrier. In other words, they can only go so far into this experience. And we can assume that further in would be you don't come back into the physical body. And the returning of the focus to this physical body can be voluntary or involuntary. Some say that they're told you really have to go back. This is just not your time. Or others are told you can go back or not. But here's the scenario if you go back. Here's the scenario if you don't. And oftentimes they really do, obviously, because they came back, they really wanted to come back, even though they knew it was going to be maybe difficult. Maybe there was a trauma that led to that death experience or temporary death experience. And maybe the body's very damaged, but they know that they want to go back and have the rest of that life experience for whatever reasons. And that again is varied. You know, and after they do come back, many do say that they had physical and or psychological mountains to climb after they were fully back in their body. But it works out. You know, it ends up being part of the expanding and the learning process and the coming to who they now are process. So it's not necessarily easy for some people after a near-death experience, but it has purpose. All of that has a lot of honey in it. say. And they pretty much all, from what I've heard, feel that the experience was life-changing because they have such a sense of love and being loved and knowing that all is really well, or at least has the potential to be. So the information that they share helps all of us open up to more possibility, which is really why the experiences are twofold, at least right the occurrence is good for them and the information is good for everyone here who is listening and wondering but do listen with that understanding that the person's near death experience was specific to that person so i don't think that we should really focus on the details of the nde it's the overall information that we should be going for what was the overall sense what's the overall knowledge And here's a good example. I listened to a man talk about his near-death experience years ago, and he said that he was taken into a hell, and he was just hovering in this horrible, hellish place, hovering above this big pit, and he felt that he was going to be there forever, and it was just this awful, awful thing. And then this hand sort of stretched through, sort of like a latex-looking kind of a wall, popped through, and this older man's hand came out and just plucked him out and put him back in his body. And he decided from that experience that he should go on with his life and teach people about hell and fear of God and, you know, the devil and, and all that. And I thought, Oh, okay. So maybe that's going to be useful for some people. But to me, that was not the overall information there. To me, the overall information was, nothing has power over you like that. That hand that came through there to him was God. And God took him out of that experience and put him back in his body. So that's a clear example of how life finds ways to show us that nothing has power over you or your God. Was that his hand that took him out of that experience? Could be. Was it gods or, you know, sources, a representation of source? Could be. But the message is still there. A belief in an environment like that, or a place like that, is sort of silly, isn't it? So the three top after effects, we'll say, seem to be that there's no fear of death, that there is this increased interest in life here. And that they are more loving and compassionate. They'll say, I understand love better now. I know that we're loved no matter what. You know, and as a side note, I think that this also speaks to when it's your day to die, it's your day to die. Events will synchronize perfectly for that to happen. And I'll give you two magic bullet examples, so to speak. I know a man who just recently was walking out of his vehicle to go into his business and was shot and killed. The person who shot him was in a moving vehicle and was just randomly shooting at him specifically. But when somebody's shooting from a moving vehicle, what are the chances that those bullets are going to come across that parking lot and hit him exactly where it would kill him? But one of them did. The rest of them just hit random things all over the place. So when it's your day to die, that bullet's going to find you. When it's not your day to die, the bullet is not going to hit you or it'll wound you, or it'll take you into an NDE, and you're back again. Another one is, another magic bullet, a police officer who a while back was chasing a man who had a gun, and as the young man was running, he turned and started firing at the police officer. One bullet hit him right above his bulletproof vest, right above it, and hit him in a, in a angle that was his means of exit from this life experience. It's perfect orchestration. And when it's your day to temporarily die, that works out too. The means of exit works out perfectly, and the means of a temporary death work out perfectly too. Because everything is always working out for you. You know, I've heard people say, I was in the hospital bagged and put off to the side because my body was dead. And I had been there for a while and I came back into my awareness. There have been people who say, you know, I was out for way, way longer than what the medical professionals say the body can be revived from. There are people who sustained, you know, severe injuries that came back and those injuries healed in time and they went on to tell their stories. But here we are in our physical bodies and ready for more. So the big takeaway that I think can help us the most right now as a people is that in near-death experiences and out-of-body experiences, people recall that when they look at something, which means they give their attention to it, it starts moving toward them or they move toward it. They'll say things like, I was moving myself with my mind, not body. They know they're not moving their body. They're moving their awareness, their experience, what's coming to them, what, where they're headed. So, you know, that proves to us right there that in or out of a body, whatever you're giving your attention to, whatever you're thinking about, wherever your awareness is, that is going to be your experience. More of that is going to be your experience. It becomes reality, which is law of attraction. That which is like unto itself is drawn or what you give your attention to comes to you. Another way to say it is your life is what you say it is. Your experience is what you say it is. Your interpretation is what you say it is. Now the difference is in non-physical, it's immediate and it's obvious. In this physical state that we're in, there's a delay, which is really good because it gives us a little time to clarify because there is so much contrast, variety, and potential confusion that we need that time to sort of discern more specifically by having more thoughts and more thoughts and more thoughts if we want to stay on that track and have that or not. For example, when I was young, I really wanted a chimpanzee. If we didn't have that delay of creative time there, I would have had one, and that might not have worked out well for me. But it didn't take me very long before I realized that as much as I thought it would be fun to have one, I really didn't want one. I didn't want all that came along with that. So it gave me time to clarify that actually I don't want one. And I think even if we keep saying we want it, we know we don't anyway. Because it's not our words that are doing the attracting. It's the real expectation, the real belief in what it is we're thinking about. So, you know, Source has told us when you think a thought for roughly 16 seconds, another thought like it forms, and after 68 seconds of thoughts like it, your world is being affected by that thought trail. Thought is becoming form. So there is behind-the-scenes stuff synchronizing or happening. You don't see it yet, but you will. And that's always the case. That never is not the case. All day long, every day, that's happening. So it's not something that you have to make happen. It's something that you just realize is happening so that you can become a better component to that whole process. You know, an example would be if you take a raw turkey and you put it in your oven, turn your oven on, you don't see it, but there are changes happening right away. You'll eventually see changes, they'll be obvious. But just because you can't see each subtle change or the progress there doesn't mean that it's not happening. So here in this physical realm, it's a slower becoming for a really good reason. So you can think of it this way as far as your thoughts go. As you put your thoughts into the vibrational oven, things are immediately changing and becoming more like that. Thoughts are energy and energy attracts by its nature and becomes more. Always. That's really so powerful, so good to know. And it even explains why near-death experiences are so unique. Without trying to, or consciously meaning to, each person syncs up with an out-of-body experience that matches their current state or set point. So that's the same as what happens every day with all of us here, The details of our lives match the unique state or set point that we are at. So how can we shore up a lovely near-death experience and or a lovely or happy life here in physical? By realizing that our thoughts literally attract immediately. But in the physical, you won't see the change for a little while. And it doesn't even cause real change for the first 16 to 17 seconds. So source tells us if you want to get something off your chest, you've got 15 seconds to do it. Or if you want to whine or complain about something, you've got 15 seconds to do it with no damage done. Isn't it nice to be that free to know that you can do that or not? You can think thoughts that are helping you, or you can think and talk and worry about thoughts that are not helping you. It's nice to know you have that control. Nobody else has it. You do. This is why you hear me say so often, think on purpose. Think in a way that's going to benefit you versus in ways that limit you or just plain don't help you. And that's true of everything. Before you put your turkey in an oven, adore it. Appreciate it. Expect it to be the tastiest turkey you've ever had. And that's what you'll get. Try it. And then do that with everything else. And the more you play with that, the easier it gets and the more you're purely thinking those thoughts. Instead of thinking, oh, you're the tastiest turkey I've ever made. I've never tasted a turkey. This You're going to cook so well. I just adore you. This is going to be such a fun meal. Instead of thinking things like, like that purely, you can be thinking or saying things like that while this little tape runs in the back of your mind that says, oh, nice turkeys never turn out for me. Right? This is just a turkey. It's not that big of a deal that combination of thought there that wobble back and forth between those two thoughts is something you'll work the kinks out of the more you play around with this. So this really teaches us that, you know, the more often your thoughts are on declining health or inflation and money shortage or not having what you want, the more often your thoughts are there. You're not helping yourself. You're not helping your situations. You're not changing that stuff into what you really want it to be. So think of a thought right now. Think of a thing that you really want right now or very soon, but think it in a positive way. Not like, here's what I want. I want my boss to go away. Well, that's not how we do this. That's, that, that's not helping. That's That's thinking about what you don't want. I don't want this boss. Right? So, switch that put it in a positive think of, think these in positive aspects like what you really are saying there is i want a nice boss so that's what you want to think about if, if that's something you really want right now appreciate that thing i love working with people who are nice to me could be a thought you might go to appreciate that nice bosses exist Appreciate anything you can about the thing that you're thinking about. Be glad that it exists. Be glad that it's available somewhere, even if you don't know how to get it to yourself or your experience. And then appreciate that you know enough to think thoughts that are going to get you the better results that you want. And like I always say, we're thinking anyway. So why not think on purpose? So stick with it. You know, daydream even. And remind yourself of how... Quickly, instantly, even, the unseeable parts begin to move. And like I said, one of my favorite phrases is my life is what I say it is, or what I believe it is, what I expect. It's a reflection of my state of being or of my set point. My health is what I say it is. My money, my work, my relationships are what I say they are, or what I believe, what I expect. You know, a person can even say my near death experience was what I vibrationally was about at that time, at that moment. It's no mistake that people almost die. And it's no mistake when people fully die. That's the intelligence of life. And near-death experiences help us to remember the power of who we really are and that we are loved without having to meet any conditions, and that we are totally worthy And that we're powerful creators because what we focus upon becomes, expands, grows, changes. So what do you want to think about now that you know that? What thoughts are helping or not helping? Those are great questions to ponder. So we have some nice takeaways from near-death experiences. But I think that is the biggest. Right now, for us, as a people, we're really beginning to understand that our thoughts really count, or understanding as a people that our thoughts are real things and they really matter. And speaking of questions to ponder, I've gotten such great questions from people that I really think it would be helpful to discuss them during an episode or episodes. So just a heads up of what's in the works. I wish you all the best. You can find me at mysticaltruths.com.